Don't ask me to talk. Connection through conversation. Join self-described conversationalist Stacy Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas from the ridiculous to the sublime on Don't Ask Me to Talk. Now, here's your host, Stacy Heller. Hello and welcome to Don't Ask Me to Talk. It is another another week. It's been over a year and I'm excited that my guest today is my brother and birthday boy, Peter. Hello, Peter. Hello, Stacy and everyone. I love the hello, Stacy. It's very formal. Um, <laughs> happy birthday. Thank you. Woohoo! Thank you, Eric, <laughs> for that. Eric, with those noise makers in effect. The party horns. The party horns. So, <laughs> how old are you now? Um, let's see. That would be about 56, I believe. Wow. Okay. Yes. I mean, um, you don't look a day over 49. Yeah, thank you. You're thank welcome. You. That's so sweet. Well, you know. Although you, ha- you haven't seen me since I was 49, so. <laughs> I've seen you more recently than that. I know, I know. Um, okay, so I want to remind people that if they cannot listen to the show each week through KKNW, then you can definitely find the podcast, Don't Ask Me to Talk, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also text D-A-M-T-T to 55678. You will get show details sent directly to your phone via text message. And I promise I will not spam you. Um, If you want to connect, you have a comment or a question, you can always call in. So far, the only callers I've ever had are mom. but that's okay. Mom is a lot. So that's cool. You can call 425-373-5527. You can also find me through my website, Stacy Connects. So as I mentioned, my guest today is my brother, Peter. And again, happy birthday and um, my rant and ramble. So as you know, because I know you listen faithfully, um, I always have my rant and ramble. And I will say that um, I had a great visit with mom. It was very busy. Um, she, I miss her already because she caught me up on all of my laundry. <laughs> and Charlie has been home for three days and he has already filled the laundry basket with laundry. So mom, I miss you. And um, But that said, I have also been... Um, for the past couple of days, drying out from drinking every night with her. So that's good. See, there's there's good and bad. Um, so anyway, hello to mom. Hello to Diane and Lee, the glop. Um, it is, it's always fun to have mom visit. She did a great job helping me decorate, even though at times she was, I think uh, the line that she said was her favorite, and I think she wrote it down in her diary, is um, that... She drove me crazy. And by the way, this is a very G-rated version of the conversation. Uh, She drove me so crazy I got stuff done Um, because she does not let you sit down even for a second. And um, and that was good because I had a lot to do. None of it is what I needed to do. And all of it is what she wanted me to do. But hey, it's done. You know how that goes, Peter. I do. Excuse me, I do. Um. 
so I continue to believe that we need some good news, um, especially after you hear about the tornadoes that ripped through so many communities in Kentucky and other states as well. Um, somehow we need to create a movement of good things in the world. So I continue to encourage people to whatever it looks like, pay it forward at Starbucks or uh, give somebody money towards their groceries or tell somebody that you like their smile, just something. Um, It may seem small and insignificant to you, but it means so, so much to other people. And it's the only way I can think of to create a wave of goodwill. It's what do they say about a butterfly? Like a butterfly, one place can create a tsunami somewhere else. I don't know, Eric, that seems like something that seems like something that, you know, (laughs) do you know what that expression is? What one more time? Well, it's, it's, I mean, it's the butterfly effect, but something about how like a butterfly in one place can create like a tsunami elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. It's just that everything's connected. Um, So one action it leads to another action that leads to another action, and eventually you get the tsunami. Okay. All right. Yep. So as, as as beautiful butterflies, we all need to uh, flap our wings independently so that we can create a tsunami of goodwill. And it's not even just about the holiday season. It is just about, I don't know, right now, I'm just like, I keep saying it over and over. We just need some wins. Um, so speaking of that, I am running away for two days. <laughs> the um, the kids are starting to come home, which I'm super excited about. And in not focusing on work for a couple of days, I'm realizing that there are so many things that I need to catch up on. And it is starting to get me twitchy. And my anxiety levels are rising. And Pete really noticed it uh, last week. And I really tried to focus on mom while she was visiting and only did the bare minimum. And he knew that I was behind on some work as it was. And so he noticed between, you know, the the things that called to you at home, having work done at the house, um, the cats, him working from home, the doorbell ringing, just general distractions, he made the suggestion. He's like, why don't you go somewhere for a night or two and just hole up and do work? And so that's what I'm doing. And I'm not telling anyone where I'm going. (laughs) That's right. I'm running away for two days. And I'm hoping that I can get caught up on some things. And it's what I'm recognizing is it's not so much about the work that needs to be done. It's the anxiety about it. And it's not fun to head into the holidays with the kids coming home with my anxiety already jacked up. And as I shared a couple weeks ago about Thanksgiving, um, trying to be more present and aware of my mood and how things are going, I'm realizing that let's see what I can do to head into the holiday season um, with the right attitude. So I'm going in for an attitude adjustment. <laughs> Apparently, it takes me longer than most people. It takes me like a full two days. But I'm special like that. Um, okay. So interestingly, I was part of a conversation earlier about the concept. This is from my Stasiism, by the way, of codependency. That's right. And I am 
always talking about how I like to make connections and how connections are something that I'm really good at. And they are. I'm really great at connecting people or services or, you know, you'd be a great friend to this person or this person needs this service and I know someone um, or you would be really good at doing this. And that's something that I I say it's a superpower of mine and I love it. However, in this conversation that I had, I also realize that um, while there is that connection, there is also this idea of codependency and the person to defined it as a loss of connection to self from worrying about others. And I realized that I take on all of these people and projects and I love being of service. And yet I realized that I lose myself in the process, thus needing two days away. Um, so I don't really know what the Stacyism is because I'm becoming aware of it quite literally as I speak. Um, but I guess it's basically about um, making sure that you stay in touch with yourself while you are also worrying about other people. I don't know. Peter, do you ever do this? No, I never worry about other people. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Interesting. <laughs> are, um, you, are you being serious? Which it's okay if you are. No, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, but no, I don't think, I mean, my world's a lot different from yours. I don't have the, the family and the, um, all the people that sort of depend on me um, in, the, in the same way. So my stresses and the things that knock me out are, are very different. And um, I'm going to say probably not as complicated as, as yours. Mine's a bit more of a simple life, so to speak. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and I wonder how much I have complicated my life versus my life being complicated. Okay, Eric right. is kind of smiling, and he's either looking at something that's really funny on his computer, or he's like, oh, yeah, she totally makes things complicated. <laughs> <laughs> a little from column A, a little from column B. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's totally fair. And he's gotten to know you very well over the last year. Yes, yes, he has, um, <laughs> because I definitely make things more complicated than they need to be. And, you know, it's it's so interesting how... You know, I think that going out and saving the world, if I don't do that, like, well, who's going to do it? Like, what's going to happen with these people? Like, this is going to be terrible. And wow, how much I must think of myself that I think I can save everybody. And see, for me, it's I don't have to go out and save the world. Stacy's out there doing it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> well, um, I'm glad that I can... I'm glad I can help you with that. Um, yeah, anytime. Oh, no, you're a giver. What can I say? <laughs> oh, boy. I'm giving you the opportunity to help everybody. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right. Well, with with that, let's take a really quick break. Um, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the artsy, fartsy topic of art. So uh, keep listening to Don't Ask Me to Talk. We'll be right back. Don't Ask Me to Talk. Don't Ask Me to Talk. 
Hi, I'm JDK Winnikin, host of This Show Is All About You. If you're like me, you seek many things in your life. Adventure, meaning, belonging, you have dreams and you want fun, and of course, you want love. And we also want other people to join us along the path. But what happens when you don't know how to have all that or where to start? Well, join me every week to learn more about how, because I am just like you. So join me each week here on KKNW for This Show Is All About You, a show about how you and me become we and what that means for all of us. And be sure to visit my website, wordsbyjdk.com. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. Don't ask me to talk. Welcome back to Don't Ask Me to Talk. I promise that um, while the top of the show may have been more, I don't know, I don't think it was solemn per se, introspective. That's a good way to put it, introspective. Um now I am excited to be talking about the topic of art. Now, this is nothing like, introspective about art. Nothing introspective about <laughs> Ever. art at all. I mean, like you know, you just throw some stuff up on a canvas or whatever, and like, right, we done. Okay, but I just mean it's not just about my introspection. I'm trying to not be codependent. <laughs> <laughs> no more. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's going really well so far. So uh, what's so interesting is that both you and Sky, your wife, your lovely wife, yes. um, are really going through an interesting growth spurt as artists. And then what I'm noticing is I'm going through a growth spurt as a collector now. I'm air quoting collector because I'm not like a collector collector. Um, if we associate it with, you know, um, the Thomas Crown affair, <laughs> like I'm not collecting, you know, like these these pieces and whatever, but it is my collection. And and I'm noticing that as we have been redoing our home and we've been really making some decisions about how we want to live in the house and how we want to decorate the house and and what it looks like that the pieces that I'm curating and that I'm putting up and around are really different than they've been in the past. So there's an evolution there. Um, and so that's kind of an interesting thing. And then, as I said, you and, and Sky really seem to be going through an interesting growth spurt. So tell me a little bit about that. What do you think that is about? Um, well, by that, I suppose you mean our growth spurt. Um, well, I just I think mean, a lot of it. like, you know, obviously, you know, Sky has found some success. Um, you yes. are, you know, finding like both of you are creating things that are a bit of a departure from what you've done in the past. Sky adding, you know, like color and really changing things up, you know, your pieces right. are looking different than they have in the past. So I guess what I mean is like, where do you think that is coming from? Um, well, I would say for me, um, a lot of it is inspiration created by Sky. Okay. Um, you know, living with her every day and seeing what she's doing has, um, made me more artistic inspired um and i've thought about what i'm doing a lot and 
Um, she's given me advice and thoughts on the work that I've been creating. And it's, um, it's really made me think about it and, and working on it. And um, a lot of the pieces that I've been doing for some of them, I have to do a lot of cutting because um, I'm making these photo collage, I guess is the best way mm-hmm. to think about them. And um, one of the things I like about that is using my hands and being very physical, mm-hmm. um, which is not something you normally think about in photography. Um, but it makes me feel like almost more like a painter using a brush, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's so tactile, it's, like what you're doing. And I'll I'll have to be sure to post some pictures of your work and share it so that people can see it. I mean, it reminds me of, I was a big fan when I was a kid of um, musicals, like old musicals. And so like, like the Busby Berkeley, like extravaganzas where, you know, it was like the women all huddled together and like, you know, the legs and the feathers and the, like, like a kaleidoscope kind of a vibe. With the camera from above showing them. Exactly. And that's, that's a bit, what these pieces, these collages that you're creating remind me of. Right. Well, it's interesting too, that these, the newer pieces that I've done, um, actually look at times sort of like Sky's paintings. So after many years of two artists living together, our work has, you know, sort of grown to be, look alike I suppose mm-hmm. I mean they don't really but there there's definitely some common ground between the two and right. I think that is an inspiration that goes both ways um, because circles can be involved in our both our works mm-hmm. but um, early on I'd say circles were part of mine before hers yep. um, but the patterns that I've grown into I would say come now from her so it's an exchange of ideas back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and that no, for, the sorry, um, go ahead. the reputation or the reputation, the repetition of pattern, and you know how it can create. You know, it's like the whole forest and trees thing, right? When you step away right. and you see the overall view, and then when you step close and you see that you know these are all individual uh, pictures that are cut i mean it's it must take you forever it is like meticulous yes it it does take forever um just the the cutting itself i mean i have to basically cut hundreds of little small photos Mm -hmm. and not just cutting them but they're circles so it's a lot harder to cut a circle than a straight line because you have to basically turn it and yeah, are you like one, stamping them or are you hand cutting them? I'm hand cutting them. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yeah. I um I looked into doing something that might stamp cut them or and I just couldn't find anything that worked easily. Right. Um some of those things you can buy are built for larger circles and mine are small, an inch and under, basically. Right, right. Um so I just thought, well, it's going to be just as quick as to cut them by hand. And, you know, and after doing a couple thousand of them, you get a little 
fairly good at it. Holy cow. So. You're going to end up with like carpal tunnel or something. Um, yes. It's, I mean, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of crazy. And are you yeah. finding that you are getting different feedback as you're evolving with your work? I mean, it's interesting because cones, traffic cones, by the way, for people that don't know, you can look up uh, Peter's art and a big theme throughout is Peter's traffic cones. And, you know, you're looking at these individual uh pictures or photographs and or the collages that he's done and the way that they are manipulated and used. And you're like, what am I looking at? I mean, it's it's fascinating to to see what what you're able to do with the code. So that has been an ongoing theme in your art. And, you know, as I said, you have gone through kind of like a um, I don't know, like a a moment of like, okay, I'm trying something different. You you talked about being influenced in in part by Sky. How are people receiving this new vibe? Um, really well. The you know I've posted recently a, a couple new ones, and um, you know got a lot of great response from it. Um, so. I seem to be going into an area that I think uh, people will respond to very well. Um, and I'm excited to, to make some more. Um, I realize that because these things take me so long to cut and paste, um, I cannot do that with every single one that I, I create because basically I use Photoshop like a uh, sketchbook. Mm-hmm. So I'll take my images, you know, and put them into Photoshop and play around and make a pattern, um, make it work. And if I like it, you know, I'll think, all right, I'll make this one and make a collage out of it. Um, if I was to do that, I'd probably make five works a year just because it takes so long. Um so been thinking recently that I just had to, I think I'm going to sit at the computer for a while and create a bunch of them and then decide which one I want to do the hand cut from. Because the other works I can still print out in a, in a large print where it's just like a regular photograph. Interesting. Um, yeah. So there'll be some that are, printed out as photographs and then there'll be a couple that are more, you know, the photo collage that are hand cut and put together. So, um, so that, that itself brings my work into a, a new area that it hadn't really been before. Right. Right. And so to give people background, uh, you work at a gallery that is in Chelsea, I believe. And, yes. um, and that gives you a front row view of, you know, artists selling their work. And, you know, you went down to um, Miami um, as a representative of the gallery, putting pieces up and doing all that kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the day job. And then you pursue your artistic endeavors on the side. And so... Talk to me about what it's like then with the business of art. You know, 
the gallery where you work, it is more established. It's more well-known. So the artists follow suit. Um, when you're not more established and you've been working at something forever, what is that like? Interesting. Um, you know, I'm a, I think this, this is an area where Sky and I really differ. Okay. Um, Sky has worked hard and has said, you know, I'm going to work hard and I want to be a successful artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to work a day job. I want to get a studio and I'm going to work 12 hours a day, six days a week in my studio. And she's pushed herself and she's done a fantastic job. Um, being recently signed to a newer, bigger gallery in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, she had her focus and is on that path. Um, for me, I like making art. Yep. Um, I do not have a strong of goals of being successful in the gallery. Um, I mean, yes, would I like it? Of course. Right. Um, but I think I've always thought of my day job as my primary job because I wanted Sky to be able to go on her path. Um, so not that she's kept me from anything because she hasn't. I've made my choices. Right. Um, but, you know, it's hard to have two starving artists in a, in a family. So right. I've chosen not to do that. Um, so I do my day job and I come home at night and I eat dinner and then sit and do artwork. And Sky's in her studio at that time. So I do have three or four hours that potentially I'm doing work each day, which is great. And that's something that I've really enjoyed over the, the last year or so. Um, because honestly, the pandemic um, and lockdown basically sort of inspired me into doing work more, and I've kept at it, and um, which is great. Um, I've sort of lost my train of thought. No, no, no. I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, you know, you talking about the difference, and because you're my brother, I get to challenge you on some things. So, sure, our dad. He was a really gifted photographer and he really, really enjoyed it. And he, too, you know, had a wife and three kids that he needed to do his day job. And whenever he could, we went out on the longest car rides ever known to man, like spanning states. Oh, wait, you missed that. You didn't have to necessarily go on those rides. It was me. Um, And he would look for you know, pictures to take. And he loved it. He loved when he could uh, develop his own work. Um, he liked being there when other people developed his work. He tried a whole bunch of different um, things inspired by like Hockney and, you know, just he tried a whole bunch of different things. And though he also didn't like necessarily putting himself out there, um, I think being in a smaller circle it was like people that of course were like this is awesome um do you think that you are like sky has always been very dedicated to like 
this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing it for. This is who I'm doing it for. You may not get it, but by hook or by crook, this is what I'm going to do. And she has been um, very comfortable with the risk that that involves. Do you think that you're less comfortable with that risk? Mm, I think I'm like dad in that I'm not as comfortable with putting myself out there. I don't think the risk is something that I would worry about because, you know, I haven't lived the most conservative life in a lot of ways. I've taken a lot of risk on just doing what I want to do. Right. Um, I'm just not as comfortable, honestly, selling myself. Got it. Um, because honestly, I feel that my work is good and I feel like my work, if it was out there at another level, um, would have people buying it. Um, so I'm probably just not able to sell myself properly. Okay. Well, I am very good at selling you because I was telling some friends that I bought the latest, um, um, ones that you put up on Facebook. There's a series of three collages, and I decided that I could probably not afford to do the hand-cut version because, you know, obviously. It's good because it would take me two years to make all three. Right, right. (laughs) And so instead, you offered a print of those, and I was like, great, I'll take all three. And I was telling my friends and showing them, and they were like, oh, these are really nice. How much are they? And I jacked up your prices to what they should be. So you're welcome. Um, Thank you. And, you know, it's, it's interesting how we struggle to see value in the things that we create, you know, um, and, you know, I, this is sort of off topic, but not really. I had to drop something off to Annie at the high school last week. And um, I went into the office and the school secretary uh, was there. I've known her for a long time. She's lovely. Um, contrary to many, by the way, school secretaries, but I digress. Um, and she said, oh, by the way, I have loved listening to your show. Um, and I was like, what? <laughs> Wait, you listen to my show? And, you know, the assumption that nobody is really listening to what I have to say or appreciating it or enjoying it. And in a way, that's how I feel about doing this show. It feels like it's a performance art in a way. Like I put myself out there and whatever happens, happens. And right. I'm not necessarily great at selling it. And, you know, letting everybody know. But I'm always so tickled when somebody has something to say about it. I mean, heck, I'll take a negative comment. I would just like to know that somebody besides mom and Diane and Lee are listening and um, Eric in the booth because he's forced to and gets paid to. And, you know, you and Jay um, often after the fact because the timing doesn't work. So, you know. That insecurity of putting yourself out there and selling yourself, it's its amazing how we can do it for other people, but we're not as good doing it for ourselves. That is true. That is true. Mm-hmm. Um, although I will also say I've had a studio visit recently um, with a woman that's opening a new gallery in the new year, and she and her curator liked my work, and 
I think are interested in having me show in the gallery. That's awesome. So explain for the uninitiated what it means when you have a studio visit, because there's a lot of people out there that don't get how some of these things work. Right. Um, so the the woman was introduced uh, to my work by someone and um, got in touch with me saying, I've seen some of your work and I'd like to see it in person. You know, can I come by your studio? To which I replied, yes. Um, now, my studio is actually a computer in the basement, which is an unfinished, dirty basement. Um, so I set it up upstairs where I put a lot of my work out on the walls and just around. And she came with a couple of people and we um, sat and looked at my work and discussed it and discussed it. And they asked questions about it, but it was a chance for them to come and see it in person um, to see uh, other things that they hadn't seen before mm-hmm. that weren't on my website. Um, and we had a, a talk for two, three hours. Wow. That's yeah. cool. So it basically it cool. gives, um, you know, potential either. And I imagine you can have this from people that are the owners or managers of, you know, galleries and um, as well as potential collectors and, you know. Collectors, yes. So yep. having that, it gives them an opportunity to understand more about you, your perspective. Um, as Eric mentioned um, when we came back from the first break about that introspection that artists have, you know, it's more than you just taking a picture of a traffic cone and being like, there you go. Um, right. And so it's an opportunity for you to, I imagine, talk about what your point of view is and why, you know, why traffic cones? Why have you stayed right. with this? You know, <laughs> Why traffic cones is the probably, you know, the most common question that I get with people seeing my work. And it's still one that, you know, I always have to say, I don't know. Well, because it worked. Yeah. And what's interesting is that, okay, I'll psychoanalyze you. Why not? We got time. Um, (laughs) What's interesting and that I remember when dad died and I eulogized him and I talked about, um, him and his art and how, you know, what I think of most often with him and his photography is black and whites. And that in taking photographs and using black and white film, he really wasn't a black and white man in terms of his, how he saw things, how he perceived them. He actually uh, really understood that it's, it's all the gray. Right. And in a way you are somebody that. You are about getting up close and having a real connection to something, looking where other people don't look and looking into it, through it, beyond it, and seeing something of beauty in it. So when I think of the traffic cone, you know, it's an interesting object, right? I mean, um, and we see them everywhere and everybody just sort of ignores them and you started noticing them and seeing that they're they're actually quite different and they're mm-hmm. like snowflakes there's none that are the same and you know 
and what you could do with that. So it feels like your personality too, you know? Yes, you're right. I mean, because I almost feel like with each one that I take that I'm taking a portrait because for that traffic on that I photograph, I'm bringing out the uniqueness of it, you know, and what makes it special. And that's what a portrait photographer does with a person. Right. Um, which I think, you know, when I sort of explain that to people, they smile and think I'm totally weird. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, but, you know, and it that's the point is that you recognize that, you know, things have even an inanimate object has its own distinctive personality. It it may take on the environment that it's in or the person mm -hmm. that set it there or the purpose that it has or that it's serving, but it has its own personality. And experiences. I mean, you can see the experience of a cone by the state that it's in. Right. If it's been run over during, um, right. say, a preteen's driving lesson. Because <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you that we have a traffic cone that has a few dings in it from uh, teenagers' driving lessons. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I just, it's it's such an, I think this stuff is so interesting. And as I said, like my, I'm noticing that as on the collector side that I have really evolved to have a point of view and I've always been so happy to receive art. You know, mom and dad would gift us all art and, you know, you and Sky being artists, you know, it was one of those things where I'm sure you were like, that's nice, but that's your taste, not necessarily ours. Um, right. I think Jay and Mary also have a certain sensibility. I, on the other hand, have always been like, great, I'll find a place to make it work. And and so was always very happy to take all of that in. And now as I'm going through this midlife crisis <laughs> of sorts, I'm being really particular about what I curate and what stories I want to tell and what the vibe is. And it's such an interesting um, reflection of what I'm going through and who I am ultimately. Right. So, you know, I think that's a really interesting thing. And, you know, for people that are listening, um, that, you know, I have so many people that come into our home and say, like, wow, all the art on your walls, it's so cool. You know, I don't have any original art. Well, you can find pieces. I mean, I have literally bought pieces from an auction site that I frequent where I'll find a framed, I have a framed portrait of a random man behind me at home um, that so many people ask me about. I think he looks a little like Kevin Klein, the actor. Anyway, I digress. Mm. Um, I bought this beautiful piece. I think it was $28 framed and it was probably somebody important. I don't know, whatever. Um, right. But it's really, really cool. I don't know who the person is, but I get to make up my own story and I get to have original art on the wall. Or when you go to um, street fairs or when you see things on Etsy or you get to go into a gallery or a museum. I mean, artists are really putting themselves out there and they're not always ridiculously expensive to buy things. And nope. I have always loved the idea of having original pieces up on the wall. And, you know, I have, um, as we've redone 
our house, I have this piece of wood that I've turned into a bar and I bought it from Home Goods and the folks that painted the walls painted it. And I really want uh, this young man that I know that does uh, graffiti, I want him to do graffiti on the top and write last call. Um, like that's a piece of art. Um, you know, I don't know. I just, I'm like, ah, why not? If I don't like it, I can cover it with paint. There was a, uh, a famous couple who built a world-class art collection, um, the Vogels. And they didn't have kids. It was just the two of them. And their apartment was wall-to-wall with stuff. But basically, he worked for the post office, I believe, his whole life. And they lived on his salary. And basically, they would go around and buy things. Um, and I think they never spent over, like, I'm going to say $5,000, but it might not even be that high, really over that. But they went around and would buy smaller works by artists that, or artists that weren't famous yet. And um, by the time they passed away, they had really this world-class art collection. Um, with I love works that. by famous artists. Yep. There's um, a documentary, and I don't know if it's streaming anywhere about them, but it talks with them and it shows you a lot of the art that they bought. Okay. So. That's so cool. And and that's that's exactly my point is that, you know, in the beginning when Pete and I were first married, you know, you're so happy to not have the same posters that you had been hanging on your college dorm room walls and, you know, random things that you would get. And I just always said yes, even if it was the frame that I liked or if it was the picture, but with not the frame or whatever it was and never turned down a piece of art ever. Mm. And, you know, it could go somewhere. And now I have lots of pieces that are not, currently on the wall because I kind of went from a like Parisian salon type vibe where it was a lot of a lot of a lot to definitely more minimalist. Um, Mm -hmm. But I have these pieces then that I can store away and I can give to kids and they can use for their homes eventually. Or um, there are some pieces that they're like, yeah, no, all of them, you know, the rule of thumb was when I showed them all the pieces that we have, it was like, one of you has to say that you like it. Otherwise, like, let's get rid of it and give it to someone else. Hmm. Well, you know, it's a good it's a good rule of thumb. Yeah. OK, uh, let us take a really quick break. And then when we come back, we will continue to be artsy fartsy and talk about art. We'll be right back with Don't Ask Me to Talk. Don't ask me to talk. Feelings of disconnect are the cause of an ever-surging mental health crisis. Many of us feel apathetic about ourselves, our work, home, and relationships. We don't know how to re-engage. I'm Greg Kuyper of Kuyper Counseling. At the Root focuses on emotional connection and how awareness is at the root of building healthy relationships with self and others. Join me weekly to re-engage with both. At the Root airs Mondays at 3.30 p.m. here on KKNW. Subscribe to the podcast or go to Kuyper Counseling. Whether it's fly fishing or French pastry, we all have something that makes our tail wag. Involuntary and instinctive, 
It's sparked by excitement, inspired by purpose, and it speaks to who we are. I'm Stacy Heller of Stacy Connects. I lead clients to the place that makes their tail wag. As a creative director, I bring ideas to life. As a podcast producer, I give ideas a voice. Stacy Connects. It's my superpower. If you want to connect with me, Stacy Heller, go to StacyConnects.com. Alternative Talk 1150, online at 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to Don't Ask Me to Talk. I am chatting with my brother, Peter Emmerich, Mr. Birthday Boy. We are talking about art, and I may be being self-indulgent in this particular um, episode because it's all the things that I like to talk about. Um, but I just continue to think it's it's interesting, especially when you're a creative and you have to, like with Sky, if you're going to be a creative and that's going to be your day job, then trying to have it work and go about the business of being an artist, that's a tricky balance. It is. And I feel like, you know, we touched on this earlier. Um, you have to have a real sense of self and um, a real idea that what you're doing is of value um, because, you know, otherwise you're going to um, continue to really flounder. And Sky has always had that assuredness that like, yeah, I my art is unique. I am unique. My point of view is unique. It is valuable. I am valuable. And she has never wavered in that. No, she's not. Um, she's never had the the self-doubts of, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I should just stop it. You know, that kind of thing. Um, never had that. Um, the last five or six years, she's just been on a path and she's had her focus and she's just stayed with it. And, you know, it's, it's worked out for her. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, she's signed with a new gallery in, in the city and they took her down to an art fair in Miami called art Miami. Mm -hmm. Um, which is by the way, art fair seems like, you know, a thing that they have like at your local high school compared to what, you know, art fairs come in all shapes and sizes, but I mean, like Art and Basel this, is like an art fair. Right. Art Basel is the big one where you go into the convention center and there's 200 galleries that are bringing down works that range from 50,000 to, I believe one gallery this year sold a $20 million Picasso. Wow. Booth. Wow. Yeah. Security yeah. must be crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah, you, know, you can't get in or out without, um, you know, showing all sorts of ID and stuff. Um, the art fair that Sky showed in was called Art Miami, um, and just, just as big. Um, the work, I'd say the prices, you know, are slightly lower, um, you know, I, I don't know what the most expensive was, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they could have been anything. They, that's not the point. The point. Um, but the gallery took her down and they did very well with her, which was very, very exciting. It her. is really exciting. And, you yeah. know, obviously I'm going to need to have Sky on. And it's funny because she um, 
gets shy about, you know, I've asked her before, but I need her to come onto the yeah. show because, you know, she's also evolved in what she does. Like you, she has some motifs that have run throughout a lot of her work and she's brought in color into her work um, yes. in a really dramatic way and to like wonderful effect and um, and reaction. Um, uh, and that's mm-hmm. an interesting thing, you know, that, again, you both have similar motifs that run throughout much of your work. Um, however, you know, you're both playing with different aspects. Right. So well, one of the funny things about color in, in her work is you're right. She just she brought it in much more than she ever did. And some of the works down in Miami that sold she was sort of surprised until people said, well, you know, those colors are very Miami colors. Mm-hmm. So that, that was, uh, that was interesting for her because she had never thought of that, that. And right. Well, they're very you, you, saturated colors and, mm-hmm. you know, um, really like they are colors that you find in nature, um, but they're kind of the bright, saturated ones. She would do well in Palm Springs, too. Like, now we got to get yes. her to Palm Springs because, you um, know. Actually, I, I believe um, there's an art fair in Palm Springs that they'll actually be taking her to. Oh, okay. I'll go with uh, her for that. You. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating. And it reminds me of, like, when you watch an interview with, you know, a musician or an actor or whomever it is. And they talk about being, you know, they're asked about being an overnight success. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm an overnight success who's been doing this for how many years? And, right. you know, and that's a bit of what Sky is experiencing. I mean, she has been very committed um, for mm-hmm. her entire career. And, you know, and she's now um, experiencing, you know, some benefits from all of that hard work that she's put in. So it's... Yeah. You know, I'm so excited. I mean, besides the fact that I have works by both you and Sky, which, I mean, you know, the more you guys sell, the more the works become valuable. And as you said, like the couple that he was a um, a postal worker, you know, you should sort of similar to the stock market, you should buy what you know and what you like. Mm-hmm. Um, That's exactly right. Right? Yes. Yeah. I agree. I just, you know, I feel like um, you can't buy what people tell you to buy. You have to have, like, a visceral reaction to it and just say, I like it. I, there are pieces in our house that nobody could understand. <laughs> like, I recently bought a painting of a dog. We have three cats. Why did I buy a painting of a dog? It made me happy. I actually have an old photograph from, like, 1850s of a dog. Um, and you know, we don't have dogs either and right. It made me happy. And so, you know, I have it. I know you sound muted. Did you go into a tunnel? No, no. Um, I'm getting over a cold. So my throat sort of goes in and out. Oh, that's sad. I, um, I actually had a COVID scare cause I woke up last Thursday, you know, fever, achy, headache, sort of like every COVID symptom and I'm like, right. Oh, no. So got tests done and they're all negative. And um, it was just basically a cold. 
Well, and I feel like we've all forgotten how to cope with colds. Uh, Annie had a similar thing happen a couple of weeks ago where she when she gets really stressed and overworked uh, and overtired, she um, will get worn down and she'll get a bad cold and it very often turns into strep. And sure enough, that's what happened. And she missed four days of work, which, you know, just stresses her out on so many different levels. And she kept getting COVID tests. And really, it was fine. But we've all forgotten how to cope with a common cold and, you know, or something akin to it. And um, it freaks everybody out. I mean, how many times have you been someplace and someone sneezes and it's like, I don't have COVID? <laughs> It's yeah. yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's a crazy world we're living in. Um, so I want to give you an opportunity to um, we still have a few minutes, but um, before I get totally distracted, I want to give you an opportunity to share where people can see your art um, and learn more about you and what you do. So go ahead and share that. Sure. The um, probably the best way to see my works and is to visit my website, which is www.zondertitel.com. That's Z-O-N-D-E-R-T-I-T-E-L.com. Um, or if you just Google my name, Peter Emmerich, that will come up as well. And on Instagram, um, Peter underscore C underscore Emmerich. And you can see my works there and follow me. There you go. And of course, reach out to purchase yeah yeah and um you know go directly to peter because i'll probably charge more than he does <laughs> <laughs> and i don't take a cut i'm just like you know again it as the out well okay you were supposed to pay for one of the kids college mm. that was the deal that we made i well i made for you <laughs> yes <laughs> It's okay. That kid is going to be heading to grad school, so you can still pay for that. Oh, well, I better tell Sky to stop being successful. <laughs> wow. Classic. Classic, Peter. Let me manage my finances by keeping, like, low-key successful. Well, it's a good way to create boundaries, though. Yes. Yes. Um, okay, so while we have a couple minutes here, what are you doing for your birthday? Uh, Sky and I are actually gonna go out to a new French restaurant in town. Ooh, yes. Uh, we like French food, and you know, we have not been able to eat out in the last 18 or two years, 18 months, two years. Yep. Um, so it'll really be, it won't be the first time we've gone out, but you know, it's, it has not been a regular thing, so it's sort of new and exciting so it'll be nice to go out and do that good for you that's awesome well enjoy that and i appreciate you. you um calling in because you are of course on the opposite coast and so thank you for doing that pre uh or doing the show pre dinner um and again, if you want to learn more about my brother the artist then you can go to zonder title title t-i-t-e-l dot com and check him out on social media peter underscore c underscore emmerich e-m-e-r-i-c-k and thank you peter happy birthday thank you eric as always um and next week 
We're going to have some assortment of Heller family on the show, so you can look forward to the chaos that ensues next week. Thanks for listening. Stay connected.